You are listening to The Ingenious Podcast, where God's Word is shared to build undisputed champions and mighty redeemers. This message is brought to you by The Ingenious Network. Enjoy the message. Tuesday, we started what we call the journey upwards, and we've been exploring what it means for us to journey upwards. The first principle or the first concept we dealt with, which we are going to continue today, was the concept or the principle of discontentment. And we did say that our journey upwards begins from the point of discontentment. Now, this time around, when we talk about discontentment, we are not just talking about being naturally discontent with your life as in um, materially you know because sometimes we can be discontent because uh, financially we are not where we know we are supposed to be relationally we are not where we know we are supposed to be educationally we we are not where we are supposed to be these things make it difficult for most people and brings them to the point of discontentment. However, this this discontentment, um, uh, usually when it happens for many people like that, they are generally discontent, but then they are unable to do anything about it because they don't even know the source of the discontentment. They know that they are not happy. They know that they deserve better. They know that their lives can be better, but they literally don't know how to get it done. Or even if they have an idea of how to get it done, their willingness to get it done is not there. For us, we are looking at the potential versus the actual, where the potential is what we define as the Jesus standard of life. Where Jesus standard of life is the place where whatever decision whatever choice whatever action that we take our standard of measure is jesus christ and so in choosing our clothes in choosing the people we want to have as friends in choosing uh, education in choosing our careers um is it according to the jesus standard and now it's 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 funny because now in my house, when we are doing things, the my wife would just say, "Is this the Jesus standard?" But I'm happy it's happening like that because it is continually reminding us that uh, the person we are trying to please is not man but God, right? So Tuesday we did talk about all those things, and we looked at Ephesians chapter four verses 13 and 14 and we were basically looking at where it talks about growing into the full measure of full measure of the stature of christ and it all uh, also talking about the fullness of christ but our focus was on the fullness of christ because we believe that the, it is the fullness of christ that um that makes the difference the fullness that we concentrated on is the word pleroma and pleroma uh, as we did explain literally means 
to be full to the extent that every space is occupied. <clears throat> the illustration is uh, when you have a boat, a boat is not even a good example, when you have a ship and you need to have people at various posts in the ship, you need somebody to man the sail, somebody to man the 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 control somebody to man something there's you need engineers you need um cooks you need um you know laborers all these things so we are literally looking at the in in the olden times the ships that were ruled with paddles like the viking ship for instance so if the Viking ship is going to move effectively or going to work efficiently in the sea, it's going to need a man at every post. So that is technically the, the picture when we think about pleroma. And we looked at pleroma or being full to the extent of an overflow or being occupied in, in, in its um in it, in its grammar sense, in all its forms, as a noun, as a verb, and as an adjective, and we realize that uh, as an adjective that is describing someone who is full, there are people in the Bible that were literally described as being full, and we found that these people were particularly in the Book of Acts described as men who were Stephen was a man full of faith, full of the spirit. And so we realize that there are people, which means that we can also live a life that typifies a person that is, or that has been full. Today, what I want to look at is, we are looking at discontentment part two, but then we are looking at dealing with the discontentment. And so we are looking at laying aside the weights that draws us back or the weights that pulls us down. So today our test will be taken from Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and 2. And in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says that, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. I'm reading from the ESV, and it says that, And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And so this evening, this is what I'm looking at. I'm looking at verses 1 and 2. And we are talking about dealing with the discontentment. So right now, we've come to the point where we've recognized our need to improve, our need to go up. Now, it is not we are not measuring ourselves against our peers, against our role models. They are good places to start, but they are not the standard that we are trying to accomplish. Jesus is the standard. And so we realize that there's this disparity, and so then it, it must be filled. But then we, as we recognize the disparity, we also recognize that some of the shortcomings is not us 
many times we claim the result of demonic activities on our path. So let's deal with this issue, then we go on. Can a Christian be possessed? Can a Christian be possessed? A person who is filled with the Holy Spirit cannot be possessed by the devil. Can that person be um, attacked? Yes, person can be attacked. Um, Apostle Paul put it this way. A messenger of Satan was, was sent to buffet me. And so, yes, a Christian can be buffeted. You can be worried. You can be fought against. But a Christian who is filled with the Holy Spirit cannot be possessed of the devil. It stands to reason, therefore, that if you are not possessed by the devil, then the actions that you are taking cannot be attributed to the devil. Because the person that lives in you is not the devil. It is Christ in the form of the spirit that dwells in you. So if it is Christ and the spirit and the father that dwells in us as believers, it becomes nonsensical to attribute our bad decision makings to the devil. Unless we are claiming that we are not filled by the spirit and that we are incapacitated when it comes to dealing with the devil. Which should not be the case for a Christian that is filled with the spirit. Right. So having said that, we then have to acknowledge or recognize the fact that our source of discontentment which is that disparity that we have now recognized is a result of behaviors, habits that are mostly our fault. We, 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 we've grown up to um, accept a lot of things that should not be accepted for Christians, for instance. We we have grown up always hearing that soon soon pe, but which means that the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. And so many Christians have told that line of action where they try to attribute their inability to live in a certain way to the fact that the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. But what do you mean by the flesh is weak? First of all, the claim of a believer is that the creator of the universe dwells in us. And so we we make um, bold statements like, greater is he that lives in me than he that is in the world. If it is true, then how can we therefore claim that the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak? Are we saying that the spirit that created the entire universe is so weak against this flesh? I don't believe that is the case. I just believe it is our 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 indecision and sometimes just a sheer 
just a sheer excitement if i should put it in that sense to deal with the weaknesses that we have because we love the weaknesses that we have for some strange reasons but i don't also blame us because we did not get born again when we were born into the earth we grew up to a certain point before we recognized our need for christ and before christ came into the picture or before we began to fully appreciate christ what we realize is that we have picked up habits uh, mannerisms and and sometimes ideologies and philosophies that were not inspired by christ it was inspired by our our bringing up in sociology we have something called nature versus nature and and we sometimes attribute our the 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 personalities of people to either nature or nature and we ask questions like are leaders born or leaders are made and some people say leaders are born some people say leaders are made but whatever the case is our nurturing contributes to who we are the way you talk the way you sit the way you listen the way you you express yourself they are all a result of uh, our nurturing right and now that we have come to christ remember now what we are learning is the jesus standard some people try to associate it i mean sociologically once again to things like our personality types i am choleric i am sanguine i am melancholy the question i ask is what was jesus whatever personality type that jesus was should be our aspiration and that's what we are supposed to work towards so dealing with the weight before we can journey upwards after we have recognized the gap or the disparity we have to identify the weight for which we are being held back what is keeping us down what is preventing us from going up what is preventing us from achieving the jesus standard another way to think about this as we read in um hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 he says that lay aside every weight and the sin that so closely clings to us in the esv right another way to think of it is what are you willing to sacrifice for glory and for power laying aside every weight what are you willing to sacrifice for glory and for power i believe that a lot of christians want to be powerful many of us we in the face of our trials our temptations in the face of some of the challenges that we face we recognize how paralyzed we are in dealing with the devil so if that is the case for instance on tuesday we read a scripture where it says that in in the gospel of matthew where jesus goes to uh, peter's house the mother-in-law is there the mother-in-law is sick with fever the bible says that jesus touches the woman and the fever is left but how many of us can can boldly claim we have the same testimonies 
how many of us are dealing with i i am dealing with my own share of some of these challenges right chronic headaches um chronic aches um infertility um um the the the, the inability to break through for certain people in a family but I, I mean if jesus was part of my family and jesus spoke to me and i was close to jesus and jesus said that i will i will do well in life what will be the result of my life the words that we speak to people we tell people all the time god bless you are they blessed of god because i believe that if jesus should just look at me and jesus tells me that god bless me something about my life will change drastically i might not be able to pinpoint how it came about but as far as it has proceeded out of the mouth of christ there is going to be an effect in my life right so it stands to reason that the jesus standard is a standard of glory and power but the question is what are we willing as believers young believers to attain that glory and that power now let's look at examples from the other side we heard recently about two or three weeks ago in ghana in mankesim how some persons um try they actually murdered somebody in in, in the quest to go and have blood money sikedro blood money and they killed the person and it is it is believed that that person was not even killed per se but was buried alive in in the person's kitchen we've heard stories of people sleeping in in the coffin in the cemetery for three days We've heard persons who have given up the, the potency of their manhood so that they can be powerful. Um, personally, I have witnessed a man hmm, who sacrificed all his three children. He went somewhere and they did a charm for him the requirement of the charm was that at the at the end of every cycle one of his children was going to die but then he will be prosperous and he was happy because you see it wasn't him till all his children died and then the thing turned on him then he, he came to see one of my uncles who is an elder in the pentecost church that he's dying and that they should pray for him and after they interrogated him they realized that that's what he's done and so now he wants to give his life to christ so that he will not die <laughs> yeah it's it's true it's serious we've seen mothers giving their children fathers giving their children we have people killing people but the question is you and i we are also believers what are we willing to give up 
to be that influential in the kingdom of God. And not only in the kingdom of God, but also to, to live as men in the earth. Because remember, we need, we need glory and power to live as men in the earth. And the requirement of the Spirit for this journey upwards is that we lay aside the weight. The first weight is the weight of the flesh, and it is actually the, the, the most critical weight to lay aside your flesh, your desires. This evening, we were listening to some music in the house, and it was a rap christian rap music right <laughs> and and my wife asked is this a jesus standard and we started talking and when we started talking <laughs> i was pointing out my frustrations and my my disagreements with the portrayal of what the the so-called christian rap jam and 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 she said something that that was funny to me uh, she says something to the effect that i'm becoming unbecoming <laughs> that's not what she said but i mean that was the implication that i'm becoming some weak uh, and so the the the, the thing i'm uh, 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 the reason why i'm i'm bringing out this example because we, 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 I want you to really know that what we are talking about is really practical, right? It's really practical. So, the question is, what are you willing to give up for glory and for power? In our time and in our generation, what we find is that a lot of young people want to serve God on their own terms. Um, so I want to maintain my character because God knows that that is how I am. That's, that's, that's our claim. That is our claim. God knows that that is how I am. So I want to maintain my character. I want to maintain my desires. And then I want God to do for me what I wish him to do for me. I, I don't want to do anything because some people are saying that it's too stressful. For instance, let's let's imagine the average person on this page right now, on this platform listening to me right now, is, is at least 18 years old. At 18 years old, let's truly ask ourselves, how many of us can genuinely pray on i mean without season for an hour for a week how many of us can do that I, I, let me not say can do that but are doing that consistently at this point in our lives as christians how many of us can fast from 6 to 12 6 to 3 or 6 to 6 how many of us can fast for 3 days or 7 days or 21 days or 14 days continually. How many of us can do that on our own, not church program, on our own, on our own terms? How many of us are doing that? 
many of us have relegated some of these exercises to people who we claim are called by God because they are, in quote, pastors. But these, these practices were not meant for pastors. They are meant for Christians. Right? So that weight and that sin that clings to you so closely, it is clinging to you because you want it there. Imagine that you have a favorite dress. Maybe you bought it for, let's say, $1,000 by somebody who is, is, is said to be a designer. Very, very expensive dress. Then you give your life to Christ and somehow the, the spirit within you is witnessing to you that this dress, I don't want you to wear it again. What would you do? Some people will say, oh God, okay, I won't wear it, but let me keep it in my closet because it's too expensive. Some people will say, okay, if you don't like this style, maybe let me, let me adjust it and hang it somewhere so that I can wear it. Because if I adjust it, then it will be okay. But you see, the spirit was explicit when he said, I want you to get rid of it. But we make excuses. Oh. Let, 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 let me put it this way. Let me turn it this way. So the weight or the sin is there not because Satan is strong or some demons are overpowering us. The weight and the sin is there because we are entertaining it. Because it, it has been part of our lives for so long. In fact, letting it go is like literally letting a part of you die. And I mean, who can watch a part of himself or herself die? That's a, a very difficult thing to do. But the question is, what are you willing to sacrifice for glory and for power? The, the, you see, um, some, some of us, we, we want to do well in life, right? We, we are aspiring to become first ladies, presidents, CEOs, um we are, we are aspiring to be very great people but you have to understand that for whatever office or whatever position that you are desiring to occupy in the future there is somebody else on the other side that is willing to do more than you are doing i i, I give this practical example right we have people who work in offices you you work in an office you are employed in an office an opportunity for promotion comes up. Then it is announced that A, B, C, D people qualify for the position. And so we will be interviewing them maybe in some two weeks to come. The moment one person heard this, that person took a car and, and went somewhere. And wherever that person went, the person was told that um, we will need a cow we will need a goat. We will need maybe three chicken from you. Another person too went somewhere. They told him that, oh, for this one, don't bath for three days. Then after that, swallow an egg. Seven eggs, holy, don't bite. Swallow them. Then after that, eat, eat maybe the head of a chicken. 
Then the Christian will go to church. Do you know what the Christian will do? Pastor, pray for me. There is a promotion at my workplace and pray for the favor of God. You see, the Christian, the, the person that's the thing concerned, he's not willing to do anything. No. He's just willing to go to the pastor for prayer. But all the other persons that are vying for the position, they have personally gone to do something for themselves by giving something out. So assuming that somebody has gone to uh, divine a charm or cast a spell with seven, seven goats, three sheep, then you go to church and you go and give an offering of five CDs that ask for God, he understands that I don't have. <laughs> you can imagine. But you see, that is the reality of the Christian because the reality of the Christian is that the Christian is not willing to sacrifice. He's not willing to lay aside the weight. We always are waiting for somebody to come and take the weight of us. But in the book of Hebrews, we are being told that we have to lay aside the weight. It is our responsibility to take away the mediocrity. It is our responsibility to, to take a book to read. If you want to be knowledgeable, it is your responsibility to pursue knowledge. If you want to be skillful, it is your responsibility to go and seek out the skill, to practice the things that you are learning so that your skill becomes perfected. It is your responsibility if you want to be somebody who is influential to do the work that will make you influential. So what are we willing to lay aside, which is not the things that, oh, let me not put it that way. What are we willing to lay aside, which are the things we love, but then we are being asked to give up? And you have to understand that when God says that give up something, it is not on our own terms, it is on his terms. The second thing I'm drawing your attention to is that who for the joy, when we look at the verse two, he says that, who for the joy, um, uh, who for the, okay, so let me say this before I, I, I touch on that. So he said, I lay aside every weight and the sin that cleans so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now remember, we are journeying, we are journeying upwards. Now in verse 2, he says, that look into Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Who for the joy? Um, that's the part I want to concentrate on. Who for the joy that was set before him? You see, as we are journeying upwards, one of the things that uh, we are supposed to think about is the joy that is set before us. What was the joy that was set before Christ? The Bible says that Jesus knew that if he dies, if he hangs on the cross, if he be lifted up, he will draw many unto himself. Jesus knew that, that when he hangs on the cross, the veil will be torn and many people will be given the opportunity, especially the Gentiles, to be able to enter into the presence of God. He knew it. So for that joy, he was willing to 
lay aside the weight. He was willing to sacrifice his life. He was willing to give up his desire. He was willing to give up the things he loves. I think that Jesus loves sitting on the throne. I think that Jesus loves riding on a horse. I think that Jesus loves to sit down to hear the angels sing of how great he is. But he he abandoned all those things just so you and I will be given that opportunity to be also be called the children of God. That was the joy that was set before him. You see, in our Christian life, if you are going to be journeying upwards, one of the things that is important that many of us have not yet done is to know the joy that is set before us. Now, it is not getting into heaven that is not the joy set before us. Everybody who is born again automatically becomes a citizen of heaven. So that cannot be the joy that is set before us. I believe that the joy that is set before us, it's always about a reward. It is always about an award. What Jesus was willing to go through was so that he could receive a reward. In fact, when we read the book of Colossians, we are told that because he paid that price, he has been given a name that is most excellent above all other names. And that he has become the head of all principalities and powers. So the joy that was set before Christ was the reward he will receive should he do the will of the Father. The question I ask most of us is, since you became a Christian, do you know the reward that God has set before you? Do you know what Christ has promised to give you if you become a very good Christian or if you walk in your calling? Do you know the throne he has prepared for you? Do you know the crowns he has prepared for you? Do you know the awards he is willing to, he is going to present to you? Who for the joy that was set before him endured? You see, the Bible says in Matthew's Gospel chapter 4 that Satan comes to Jesus and tells Jesus that um, if you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. Then after that, the Bible says that he takes him to a high mountain that's, that's the, po the point I want to make. He takes him to a high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the earth and says that if only you will bow to me, I will, I will hand it over to you. I will give you all these kingdoms that you are seeing if only you will bow to me. But you see, it is, it is very, it is an irony for me because Jesus is known as the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the creator of all things. In fact, when we read the book of Colossians chapter 1, he says that all things were made through him and for him. So imagine that Satan is telling the one who made all things and the one to whom all things belong that bow before me and I will give you what belongs to you. And for many of us, that is what we have not yet understood, that the reason why we are holding on to our sinful lifestyles uh, or uh, holding on to the weights that are keeping us down and preventing us from ascending 
to the place of the jesus standard is because we have not seen the joy that is set before us we don't know what belongs to us for 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 many of our for many of us as young people our greatest struggle is going to be in the area of lust maybe you you are a saint so you don't have an issue with lust but for many young people it is going to be the issue with lust you are going to be pressured to give up your virginity because of in quote love so if you don't know the joy that is set before you you will not see anything wrong with not being a virgin anymore you will not see anything with not lying anymore you will not see anything with you know having multiple partners as as in your relationship you will not see anything wrong with a lot of things that are going on that is is madness in our world because we don't know the joy that is set before us how many of us can confidently say that i know that when i die i will receive this and this from god we don't know and because we don't know we don't we don't even know the reason why we should live for god the, the question is let me say it in fancy so that it makes more sense to me it says that i think i a christian stiff you are too stiff <laughs> it should be you should be a flexible christian but you see if you know the joy that is set before you you'll be willing to be fainting you'll be willing to be colo you'll be willing to be a cake you'll be willing to be um ancient <laughs> who for the joy that was set before him um maybe on t next week tuesday i will talk about some of the rewards and the awards we can look we can look forward to receiving from christ so that you realize that the reason why we say do not steal do not lie do not kill is not so that you go to heaven it is for a reward it is for an award and your your ability to live according to the standard is always for that reward but if you don't know how precious that reward is if you don't know how precious that award is you will not appreciate your sacrifice and you will not be able to endure One of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 73. I love Psalm 73 because it deals with a pertinent reality that most Christians will face. You are going to live in a world where you will make all, you know, the last time I was having a conversation with my wife and we were talking about relationship, especially how we will go to, when we go to school, we, we know those who are degenerates. We know those who sleep around. We know those who we we know we know those that are sports. 
then we know the good ones that are that are keeping themselves but you see the one that is spot has done like five abortions will marry sometimes in our in our own uh, opinion a very good husband from a very good background and they will have children and the one who has kept himself for god not done anything bad will be dealing with uh, barrenness and all manner of issues so the question then becomes what was the point what was the point of me keeping myself what was the point of me going to church all the time what was the point of me fasting all the time what was what was the point of me joining um the ingenious podcast what was the point of going to the church program what was it what was the point of even becoming part of a local church what 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 is really the point because if i have done all these things so that in quotes this good god will bless me but my life is now characterized by bitter experiences and i look at my friend who has lived anyhow and they seem not to have any 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 trouble in their life then what's the point this is we, we we make this statement because we have not yet set our heart on the joy before us the reward the reward and the award they are they are earthly components and they are heavily components and so next week tuesday i'm going to spend time on that so that that we we, we can get a perspective because I want you and I to have a different Christian experience from maybe the people we know. Some people became Christians. The next, the first focus of their life is breakthrough, how they can get married, how can they, they can get a job. But I want you and I to have a solid foundation in our Christian work so that as we journey upwards, nothing will shift our focus right the, the the interesting thing here about the word um uh, when we look at the verse one it says that the sin that so closely the sin that so clings to us so closely right the word closely there it's what it means that the the, the weight or the sin that so easily distracts us the word closely there, that's what it means. The thing that distracts us. There are so many things that are distracting us. Can you can you put it off? Can you turn your phone off for a day? In my church, when we go to church, we always see the mobile phone symbol there that is cross and say turn off your mobile phones how many of us are able to turn our mobile phones off when we go to church the thing that so easily distracts us so that's the second thing the joy that was said before the last thing is he says that he endured it he endured it he endured it you see he said he endured it he endured the cross he he endured the cross he despised the shame and so 
it tells us that in our process it is only when we've been able to contextualize the award and the reward that we'll be able to you know psych ourselves to go because i'm telling you the process is not nice and literally for us the the process of laying aside the weight and the sin that so easily clings to us you see when i when don't think about this sin as fornication no for me the the way i think about the sin that so easily clings to us is it's more of behavioral issues the things that come to us naturally we lie naturally <laughs> we lie naturally like like it just comes if you don't even before you realize charlie you, you have lied <laughs> hey Tony did he say they are behavioral right like sometimes it's the way we we speak the way the way we, we react to things it comes naturally the moment they ask you oh i'm going to i'm i'm, I'm going to use francis as an example oh francis francis ha have you have you checked if the internet is working then Francis will naturally say in his mind, this guy cried, they worry too much. You know, they pay too. <laughs> but he will say it for me to hear. He will say it in his mind. It comes naturally. It comes naturally. It comes naturally. For, for those of us that are married, your spouse will, will say something Oh, like like the men who say, "Oh, babe, I'm hungry." Then the the spouse will say, "But ask for me, ask for me. I am, I am, I am thirsty." But he will say it with her mouth. Though. He just say it in the mind. <laughs> because you and I we woke up at the same time. <laughs> you and I we haven't eaten, and you are telling me that I am hungry. What will we eat? If you know you are hungry, why don't you go and cook something for us to eat? So, you see, there are things that comes to us naturally. Like, like, it's like one of these funny videos I watch where the young boy is asked. The boy is eating uh, uh, gobe, right? That is for for those who don't know gobe if you are listening outside ghana gobe is the favorite food of <laughs> is a is the favorite food of those in need <laughs> it's it's ripe plantain with what we call gary and beans it's, it's very nice it gives you a very good foundation so this young boy is eating gobe and somebody an elder person comes and says that what are you eating are you eating gobe and the boy will look at the elder person and say that that be no i'm not eating gobe i i am i am i am eating water <laughs> for for some of us these things are it comes to us easily 
So don't think about the big things like do not commit murder, do not commit adultery. Those things, it takes a lot of effort. We are talking about the things that comes to us easily. They are behavioral. Some of them, they are habits. They are habits. It's, we grew up with it. Now we have come to Christ and all of a sudden, the expectation of God is that we have to give up these habits. What are you going to do about it? It is of utmost importance that you and I recognize these challenges. We are talking about dealing with the discontentment. That's why I'm saying that what we are dealing with is not the things that people are going to do to us. It's more of what we are doing to ourselves because we are being asked to give up the things we love. So I want to end with this example. We've all heard about Maverick music, right? How many of us have heard about Maverick music? Oh, only one person. So, um, yes, okay. So, um, my favorite singer in Maverick music is called Dante Boy. My my wife knows that I love that guy's voice. She, she doesn't even know what has happened to, to him. About two weeks ago, a controversy broke out. He's been actually having some a bit of controversies here and there. And the last time this Christian guy says that one of his favorite people to listen to was um a secular musician who claims to be a satanist. He's called Little Nas. Those who listen to hip hop, I know you know. <laughs> if you know and, and, and you are also pretending you don't know, God knows you know. So this guy is an acclaimed satanist and Dante Bowie says that, you know, I love to listen to his music. Now the question is, um, is he wrong to love to listen to the Because I, I listen to America Got Talent sometimes, I watch uh, The Voice sometimes. I, 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 and sometimes, oh my goodness, when you hear certain voices, it doesn't matter the song that they are they are singing. It's the voice. It's just a blessing to hear the voice. But what are they singing? Right. Do, do I think that Jesus hates little Nas? No, I don't think Jesus hates little Nas. But I'm sure that Jesus is not so pleased with his association. I don't think that Jesus will sit down for 30 minutes soaking the song sung by a little man's so for a christian worship leader to say that um this is my favorite one of my favorite artists you get the point he can be your favorite artist but you see apostle paul put it this way 
there was once upon a time an issue that was brought before him concerning food food offered to idols and this is what he said he said that concerning food offered to idols once all things are blessed by god right all, all foods are blessed by god and if you receive it with a thankful heart you are good but you see if you are eating that food and a brother comes and you say that do you know that that food was offered to idols stop eating it do you know why because he says that a person's we have one whose faith is strong and one whose faith is weak so you your faith is strong so if you eat the food offered to idols it's like a, a very powerful man of god telling you that you can sit down and eat with witches nothing will happen to you if you are not a skillful believer and you go and try <laughs> your stomach will tell a story but he said that for the sake of the brother whose faith is weak don't do that so you see when it comes to laying aside the weight lay the, the i'm using this example because i don't believe that we should attack him i don't believe that we should attack any christian that expresses his or opinion about things he loves because as i said we all grew up in a certain way and because of the way we were nurtured there are things that we are naturally respondent to we, we are naturally attracted to certain things because of how we grew up but for the sake of christ the bible is saying that let it all go pretend as if you don't like it and discard it pretend as if you don't know it and and walk away from it that that is all that the lord is asking so we know that you you like that dress but now for the sake of christ for the sake of the love of Christ, for the sake of somebody whose faith is not strong, stop wearing what you are wearing. Stop saying what you are saying. Stop stop thinking what you are thinking. Oh, then the Bible, somebody say that, if, if, I, if I behave like that, then no, it's not about you. It's about the Jesus standard. We are all supposed to have our own opinion. Well, the truth of the matter is in Christ, you can only have a Christ opinion. So if your opinion is not a Christ opinion, then it is not worth hearing because then what you are is an ambassador for Christ. And every 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 speech or every every um outing you do is supposed to be making an appearance for christ that's why i say that me personally when i see young people that are so excited to be christians and you know when they hear anything in christ they get they start shouting i know that they are liars because they are they are all they are all hypocrites they don't know they don't know what they've gotten themselves into it, it is not exciting christianity is not exciting Ex excitement comes after 20 years 30 years that there's nothing pleasant about dying 
there is nothing pleasant about dying. And, and, and before you come to the place of the fullness of Christ, God will wound you. Hmm. Many of us are used to the God of love, so let, let me read a scripture, then we will end. Um, Lamentations. Hmm. This is Jeremiah, God's favorite. Now, remember, God comes to Jeremiah and tells him that whilst you are in your mother's womb, I chose you and and I've given you power. I've done this is this is what Jeremiah wrote in Lamentations chapter three. He says that I am the man who has seen affliction under the rod of his wrath. Now remember, the his there is a reference to God. He says that he has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Surely against me he turns his hand again and again the whole day long. He has made my flesh and my skin waste away. He has he has broken my bones. He has besieged and enveloped me with bitterness and tribulation. He has made me dwell in darkness like the dead of long ago. Verse 7. He has walled me about so that I cannot escape. He has made my things heavy, though I call and cry for help. He shuts out my prayer. He has blocked my ways with the blocks of stones. He has made my path crooked. He is a bear lying in wait for me, a lion in hiding. He he turned aside my steps and tore me to pieces. He has made me desolate. He bent his bow and set me as a target for his arrow. He drove into my kidneys the arrows of his quiver. I have become the laughing stock of all peoples, the object of their taunts all day long. He has filled me with bitterness. He has sated me with wormwood. He has made my teeth grind on gravel and made me cower in ashes. My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. <laughs> so I say my endurance has perished. So my hope, so has my hope from the Lord. And 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 this is and so uh, <laughs> verse 22 says that the, <laughs> okay, let me read from verse 20. Say that. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Let me end there. You can take your own time and read the book of Lamentations. 
Now, I, I am saying this to point this out to us. At the end of our journey, there is joy. In our journey, there is peace. In our journey, there is prosperity. In our journey, there is increase. In our journey, there are excitement. But as a young person who has... Now remember, we are told, according to Bible scholars, that Jeremiah was a youth when God appeared to him. So he was in his teenage years. We don't know exactly. It is believed that he was either between 15 and 18 years when God appeared to him. But he's saying that it is good for us to bear this yoke of us being afflicted by God in our youth. Because this is the time for us to know him. And I believe that on Tuesday, when we begin to talk about awards and rewards, we will know why Jeremiah, even though he sees God, you see, imagine that right now you're on your way to become the president of something or a CEO of a business and and you've worked in the business for let's say 10 years and you have been just told the night before that tomorrow we are going to appoint you as the next CEO and that same night God tells comes to you and says that resign no they don't tell us these realities they tell us that give your life to god and everything will be fine it is not it is not exciting me i i i i'm i'm, I'm happy for those who are excited about god but me my, my approach to christianity is is a cautious approach he will wound you tell your friend god will wound you <laughs> Then you put bandage on it for you. You clean up your wound and make it. You will break your bones and rearrange you. And that is what laying aside the weight is. He, he will change the things you love. Some of you, you love to eat in certain restaurants. He, 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 he will change your taste for food. Some food will no longer be pleasant to you because it's not that you don't like it too. You like it, pa, but you are under a commander. Don't eat this food again. And like gobe. God can come and say that no gobe for one year. That's the only food you want. <laughs> he will wound you. And you see, as young people, that is what he is doing to us. He is wounding us. He is training us not to like the things we think are good for us he knows better but we don't know that he knows better yes we know that god knows better but we are yet to accept that god knows better so he will wound us he will hurt us you 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 are going to get admission to a, a maybe yale or princeton or harvard and god will say go to legon <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness he will wound you but you see it's not that he is wounding us it's rather that he's he's mending us he's he's repackaging us he's he's bringing us to the jesus standard and that process is a painful process and you need you and I, as young people, we, we need to get away from the deception that is being preached on television, the deception that is being preached on radio, 
and and deal with the reality of this call that he is going to take us from everything we love and make us love everything that he loves which in most cases will be things that we don't love imagine that you have lived in a clean house all your life you don't like people who smell and god will tell you that for the next six months i want you to go and do evangelism and go and live among the people who smell these are the realities these are the weights so you see he has to wound us that is why he's telling he says that lay aside the weight because this journey upwards where i want to take you is is a place you are not familiar with i'm the only one that has been there and i'm the one who knows where i want to take you and i know what is better for you on this journey so these things that you have accumulated over time thinking they are good for you they are ideologies they are philosophies they 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 are they are habits they are they are they are possessions they are they are they are just everything around us and he's saying that i want you to lay aside all these things and come and follow me as difficult as it sounds it is a genuine call by god for you and i to live a better life this evening i know that this word is not exciting but we are not here for excitement right we are here to grow into the fullness of christ we are here to become the fullness of christ we are here to 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 go through the process so that when when people are talking about men and women who demonstrated god in their time your name will be mentioned it is not only going to be elijah elisha archbishop benson idahosa uh, babao yola or 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 john wesley uh, your name also will be mentioned that this person showed christ in his fullness but that process is going to start with us laying aside the weight so if you are not praying set your alarm you are god will not come and set the alarm for you you set the alarm for yourself and let the you after you have been able to sleep through it one week it, it, will, it, will, it will it will change set your alarm for your prayer time if if it is the phone that is not allowing you to read your bible go and buy your bible and and put it where you your eyes will see it you walk by it but one day you will open it and you 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 will read it go and buy that book change the television program the remote it is in your hand you you yourself change the television program take it to that place where it will add to your faith not stir up your desire for sin some of you you watch too many sinful things i'm not saying it's wrong go i'm just saying that if you go into temptation it is your own desire that took you there if you go and steal it is your own desire if you go and fornicate it's your own desire it's not the devil 
how you promoted it. You are the one who took the TV to watch, who tuned the radio to listen to. So turn it off. So let us lay aside these weights and let's come to the place. We are ascending. We are in the place of ascent and we have to deal with these things. It's going to take time. So one of the things I don't want you to do is to become too critical of yourself if you are doing it now and you Twenty sixteen, twenty no, more of twenty seventeen. It, it took time. There, there, there are things that you do that Satan will try to use to discredit you. Don't, don't, don't give in to his to his voice. Whenever he comes, just remind yourself, I am work in progress. As long as you are looking to Jesus, who is the perfecter of your faith. You're on the right path. The Bible says that it, the, the, the first epistle of John puts it this way. He said that, and the blood of Jesus, those who pursue the light, the blood of Jesus continually washes them. Those who pursue the light. So look to Jesus and look to living for Jesus. Do everything you are doing to live for Jesus. When you get it wrong, move on. Just tell God I'm struck. And you see, the reason why we are having this talk because I want you to be sincere in your prayer life. Some of us, we are too fantastic when we are praying to God. Oh my God, oh my loving Father, oh how I love you. Read Lamentations. Learn to be sincere. Express your frustrations. Express your disappointments. <laughs> Even when you are laughing. <laughs> Some people are fantastic when they are praying. Oh God, how I love you. But you big cases, you are not very happy with God. Learn to be sincere. Express your genuine desire when, when you are with him. Let him know that this habit, I am I am just struggling. I've done everything. I know to break this habit, but it's not going. I've read all the help books on how to break a habit, how to cultivate new habits. I am not cultivating any new habit, but I know that I, for this new level, I need a new habit, a new opinion, a new lifestyle, a new ideology, a new philosophy, but it's just not coming. So help me. And I know that when we become that sincere, we will find God's sincere hand working for us. My prayer for you and I this evening is that we will become Christians that have laid aside every weight and the sin that so closely clings to us. Because remember, we are journeying upwards. So anything that will hold us down, anything that will prevent our going up from being smooth. I pray that God will give us the grace to, 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 to lay it all down so that we can move on. Amen. God bless you for listening. Maranatha, the Lord comes.